The reuse and reproduction of this content is not allowed without the express written consent of EBH Fitness LLC. Texas right here right now bringing you with breaking the music right now next to me I have DJ Puhef he is a guest on our show today I hope you guys are ready for some wonderful information and some insight on who he is and what he's about so uh, Puhef how are you doing today I'm doing fantastic I'm doing, <laughs> doing fantastic yeah yeah yes yes that's the best the only way that you could do it oh man so, um, where are you from? I can tell you where I'm from. It doesn't matter. Have you ever heard of the word enigma? Mm -hmm. Enigma is a riddle, right? Yes, it is. So, the riddle is, where do you want me to be from? Hmm. Well, we could say everywhere. I, I can say everywhere too, but I mean I know where I'm from. But I'm saying, what, what, where do you want me to be from today? Well, let's see here for today. Yeah, where are you from? How about I'm that? I'm from Georgia. Okay, I'll be from Georgia. I know Georgia. You know my, Georgia. My, my <laughs> mom is my mom is from Augusta. Mm. All my family's from Augusta. We're West Indian black. Okay. You're Cameroon, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. So. I learned something about people that's in Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina that a lot of people from everywhere and their heritage starts from West Indies okay. or uh, certain parts of Africa that have a direct connection. That okay. have a direct so, now I'm not going to give people that. Uh, if you know me, you know where I'm from. But if you don't know me, then you just need to assume and think. That is correct. That's correct. So do you think that um, having the culture um, as we do has influenced your life in music? Define culture. Um, the culture as far as what we are, what we're about, um, what we do. Now, I'm sorry that I have to bring it back to you. What mm -hmm. Define what you feel is culture. Um, let's go hip-hop. Okay. Thank you for being more direct with All that. All right. There you go. We known each other for a minute, and you need to learn how to answer these, ask these questions <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, All right. okay, okay. As far as hip hop culture, um, define it how. Like, as far as what do you like? Where do you want me to go with this? Um, do you see it as a link between the way that um, Africa plays music, or the way that uh, Western America plays music? Do you combine them? That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I would I, I, I would combine them on a couple of aspects. You would combine Afri Africa 
is well, you know, I'm a I'm a Gen X, so I would look at it more as a uh, the motherland. And when you look at the motherland, a lot of creations came from Africa. Uh, if you want to look at stuff like the Egyptian temples and stuff like that, the pyramids and stuff, they always want to give credit to everything but us. That is, that's very, very true. And I, 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 I did a lot of studying on just the temples and the, the, just stuff that seems so majestic, right? Mm -hmm. I look at Jews, I look at the Israelites, I look at a lot of uh, different cultures that was out there thousands of years ago. And when you look at the cultures of everything, it was more, uh, I'm like, you know, they were really mathematic. And you, if you look at a pyramid, it's, it, it, you would think it takes math to learn certain. All right. So how does that um, tie into um, you being a DJ, the music that you choose wow. to play? How you going to just go all the way from that to this? Hey, it, it's all tied in. No, wait. Hold on. Hold on, Jennifer. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, I got you. Let me, hold on. What, what, but the, the, uh, the point that I'm making mm -hmm. as far as what I'm talking about with when we look at Majestic and we look at stuff like that, mm -hmm. you have to look at music. Mm -hmm. And when you look at music and you look at the, like, tribal, like all these tribes right. in Africa, mm -hmm. and, you know, Africa is a continent. It's not a country. So, therefore, there's a bunch of countries that end up being a whole bunch of states with a whole bunch of culture. Exactly. We don't even, and as it coincides with Western civilization, which is America, and the way we have to look at stuff like that, we're taking bits and pieces of a culture. We don't even know where it actually came from unless we do studies from it. And mm -hmm. so when you look at hip-hop, hip-hop is just nothing to me but an anti... It's anti-culture and it's anti-establishment. And, and you have to put it with... At, at the birth point that was coined hip-hop, by cool her. You gotta pinpoint it. And when you pinpoint it at the <coughs> only thing that was going on in New York City was uh punk rock. And punk rock and disco ran side and side. Mm -hmm. So disco was kind of the anti culture of rock and rock rock and quote unquote rock and roll, which was mm -hmm. also uh, invented by black people. But yeah, we, we ain't gonna I get it. Like um jumping like um jumping the bands. You know, it's, it's just going from... Or a branch, because you mm -hmm. call it a branch and a bigger tree. Mm -hmm. And the bigger tree had this, It's what you started with, Africa. Right. I believe it does start in that continent. I believe everything started there. And when, you know, and me being, you know, if you look at even stuff like gospel music for... Gospel music plays a lot into a lot of hip hop uh, because the, a lot of us young black people, ranging from the 70s and the 80s, had to go to church. And we had to yeah. learn. I learned how to play instruments because I was forced to go to church. I learned how to play organ. My brother was uh, a musician, and, and my brother played. I think like nine, ten instruments. I pl ended up learning how to play four. Half of that was in church. 
Okay, which one was your favorite instrument? It's always going to be drums. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just didn't have the coordination to actually sit, sit there, but I understood patterns. And mm-hmm. I always surrounded myself with drummers. I always, like Mark, I had a friend, Mark Reddix, uh, my cousin, Robert Lucas, uh, my other, my blood cousin, uh, Torano, uh, Torano Johnson, which is the head coach of uh, the basketball team in uh, Burgess. Okay. Fantastic drummers. And I, I would look at these guys. Mm-hmm. I could play drums, but I wasn't <coughs> pattern-wise to what they would do. Right. I could never touch them, but my mother made me learn how to play piano. And I, I learned that. And I can play the piano quite well, but the problem was is I tried to follow my brother, and my brother is a person that doesn't know how to read music. However, he's a certified. He was a certified genius, like on paper, but mm-hmm. he never wrote it. And so I was like, I'm not going to read a note either. I'm mm. not going to read no notes. Why am I going to read a note? But did you ever to. learn though? No. No? For what? Well, I mean, in, in music that, you know, we can hear. Yeah, but if you hear it, what so notes are you supposed to read? Well, because you can't, well, you can't hear every, everything. Your family's from a big ba- musical background. Yes, yes, they are. So we probably would have the greatest argument in the world I if know. I met them. And I'd be like, but <laughs> is that what you heard? Right. Like, well, is that what you heard? Or there you can, um, you can combine both of them. No. What you hear and what I hear. No. Yes. No, man, you don't do that. that. How do you mean? Like, if <laughs> you hear, if you hear, if you hear certain notes in a song, right, 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 and say I didn't hear those, like the same exact notes. Maybe I heard some other notes that you didn't hear. Uh-huh. If you combine those two, it's the same music, but it creates that song. Yes. That's what I mean. In theory. In theory. in theory, no, no. In theory, you're you're absolutely correct. Mm. But in actual thought, like I'm not gonna waste my time. This is me. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm not gonna sit there and look for that perfect note or look for the note. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it has to come, and it has to. So if you listen to somebody, let's say that it's. Somebody everybody knows like Prince. Mm-hmm. You listen to Prince and his composition, and I'm not talking about Purple Rain. I'm talking about before. Right. When you listen to those records, those records, you can tell that he didn't write that. Like, he didn't sit there and say, let, let me write this composition. I think the composition came after. How that correlates with hip-hop? How it correlates with hip hop to me is Jay Z, uh, or uh, Biggie, or or any rapper that actually wrote their song in their head, mm-hmm. recorded the record, and then wrote it. Right. So it, it does go along the line of what you're saying, but I'm looking at after after the fact, right. not before, because mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're meaning. If you are writing a record, if you're writing a record or making a record or doing something or, you know, you, you come up with the composition of a record that you believe that you can play this song and write it at the same time, I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't know if it comes off like that. No, I think um, where the the confusion is on what I said was um, as far as reading music, right? Mm -hmm. If you if you don't know how to read the music and say you hear, you know what's supposed to be played. Mm -hmm. I can play music all day. You may oh yeah, I know how to play that, and you get your instrument and you start playing it. Mm -hmm. Now I can read the music, right? I can read it. You can't. So I can read the music. So there's notes in there that you might not have heard that I can see. But what if I let's say that you did that mm -hmm. and I sat right there and played right with you after mm -hmm. the first few bars mm -hmm. that you're looking at, right? And I just played right along with you because because somebody would confuse it as mimicking, which mm -hmm. I believe there's not. Look. There's not a lot of notes in music. There's not. There's nothing that hasn't ever been played. Right. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> like, it's nothing. so hard to sue somebody for stuff nowadays because mm -hmm. of the fact that there's only a certain amount of notes mm -hmm. in songs. So, in my opinion, mimicking a record doesn't really hurt or progress at that yeah. point. You know, so. That is still unskilled. Yeah, I know. If you look, if you listen to music nowadays, if you, a lot of things sound the same, the same. And, and 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 you know, Gen Z don't even let us Gen X people die yet before they redo records. And <laughs> I get, it. I definitely understand it. And I'm not look, Gen Z, I love right now because mm -hmm. they are the most fightingest people I've ever seen in my life. Millennials, yeah. I love them, but they didn't. They didn't continue the fight like uh, these Gen Zers are. These Gen Zers are, but the Gen Zers, the only problem they have is that they hear a record for the first time and the record came out in 95 and they feel like they can redo it. And I don't understand because I'm like, wait a minute, man, 95 was just. Mm -hmm. Almost played to the T. Yeah, and then they'll act like it's some brand new stuff and then you sit there. Mm -hmm. But I'm not mad at that because of how I grew up. I grew up on a lot of music that came out in the 50s and 60s. And I did appreciate a lot of those records. Yes, I did mimic those records when mm -hmm. I played them. Right. My mom would tell us stories about James Brown because my mom's from Augusta, Georgia, and uh, my and James Brown was from Augusta, Georgia, South Carolina because they split the city by the Savannah River. Right. And you go there. You can see James Brown's house and everything, and my mom, my mom used to be like, "Oh yeah, man, we used to go to juke joints." For those that don't know who what juke joints, are, you know, <laughs> juke joints are clubs mm -hmm. that sold moonshine, even though prohibition was over. <laughs> but it came from the prohibition right. era that you know mm -hmm. it was you know backwood joints, and. She explained to me that a lot of the records that were recorded in the 50s uh, or early 60s were recorded in the club while they were performing. Mm -hmm. So if you hear a James Brown record, which is probably the highest sampled rec record or artist known to man to this day, to right now, James Brown was sampled more than anybody. And then James Brown came on Rap City mm -hmm. and said, sample me. And wasn't even, he owned his master, so you didn't have to go through labels and do all the bureaucracy, bureaucracy to get a record click with James wow. Brown. 
That's why if you hear any records that came out in the 80s or 90s and you hear that James Brown sample, you hear Funky Drummer, you hear Ain't It Funky, you hear all these records. A lot of it was cleared without little to no money because of the fact that he did that because he wanted artists to expand. Right, right. And that's a good thing to expand. Um, no, but it's also good to be paid for a lot of stuff. All right. So, that, you know, when you look at hip-hop, hip-hop is so hard to uh, put in a category because, like I said, I am from an era that I understand music. And I am, I'm not, uh, a lot of people, like, when I went into radio and all that, man, the biggest misconception about me going into radio was about them and it wasn't it was about me and uh it was about my thought about music mm -hmm. i i love music so much that i can break it down i've we've talked for hours and right. i can and i can break yeah. music down i can break a record down to a compound level right. and you were like sitting there like <laughs> I, did, I thought you were I just did. a dj and i'm like no man music mm -hmm. is the only out that, unfortunately, without being political, was the only out black people had. Right. Even right. with me growing up. I'm sorry, I'm taking over your show. Go ahead, man. Ah. Ask me whatever. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm so used to, I'm so used to, no, like. because you do have your, your own podcast. Yes, I do. Um, Gecko Brothers Radio. No, or that's my one? station. The station. Uh, my podcast is The Pooh Half Show. Uh, that's on anywhere you go on to find it. So you can definitely find him there on a lot of social media platforms, I, I take it. Yeah, and I started this podcast with 50,000 different names starting in 2008. Right. I was in between jobs. I was unemployed, y'all. I, oh. <laughs> I was unemployed Everybody for goes a year. Through something. No, Everybody goes I through was happy something. that I was unemployed. My wife had a job, so oh I was... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to get you. But uh, okay. I started the podcast. I started mm -hmm. the podcast. Yeah, two thousand eight. I, I got laid off by Power One Hundred Two. I was I was in um, I was in El Paso, Texas, mm -hmm. and uh, I I started my career with Power One Hundred Two. I got laid off because they didn't like me, and then uh, I think they didn't like me. I'm not sure because they liked me when I got fired. But when they liked you when you got they didn't like me when I was there. No, all right. Well, all right. Power. All right. So radio. See, you want to get in the radio? That's getting that, the, I'll, the I'll radio, get radio. You know, because radio is a little different from us playing in the the, the club. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. Well, it isn't. It isn't. I was talking to my friend right there, Maurice, and um, we, I was talking to him about the same thing. And uh. radio <coughs> with. Clubs, I started in the club, but I started as a pro doing production. Right. I got a shout out Tony Duenas, man. Uh, in, the, in the 90s, Tony Duenas was the one that gave me, like, showed me exactly how to do production, and that's how I learned production. And uh, it would be me and DJ Mark X. And Mark X, for those that don't know, my, that's my brother. If you hear my name, if you hear Pooh Hef, you hear Mark X. If you hear Mark X, you're going to hear my name. 
I that's hear, it. I definitely hear both of you guys' that's names it. around we, all over the place. So. We 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 came to wanting to change the city in radio in 2000. Mark started at Fire 102 in 1999. 1999. Oh, that's long. I was just yeah, coming back from Dallas. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I just finally moved all the way back from Dallas. Yeah. And I was here, and uh, I hated it here. But here's the crazy thing about the 90s. Mm -hmm. I lived in Dallas in the 90s, all through the 90s, and, you know, Mark was here. And El Paso, if people won't believe this, in the whole state of Texas, there was only two places that were popping that people had to go to. That was Galveston during Texas Beach, uh, Texas uh, Capital Capital Party. It was the right. Capital Party. Was Galveston, Texas, mm -hmm. during the summer? I that was that was all. Uh, what was they doing in Georgia, Atlanta? A freak freak Nick. <laughs> Ours was Texas Beach Party. Mm -hmm. That was one in El Paso, Texas, and uh, so everybody's gonna probably be like, "Oh, well, Mark and them." I w I didn't have nothing to do with this, but Mark and. There was this DJ named Red Man. There was these DJs here, man. That Black DJ Black had gotten here, and uh, me and him, I tried to beat him up, but oh, no. yeah, I love oh. him. But I, I it was Black's from Dallas, that's why. Mm -hmm. uh, but you came here? Oh my goodness! There was all right. So you had at that time, yeah, Babylon, uh, Metropolis. And these clubs were on a weekday night. They weren't on a weekend. They were like on a Wednesday and a Thursday, and it was popping. Like, you could come into town on Tuesday, Wednesday, you could go out. Wow. And I'm talking about 1,600 people. Mm. I'll shout out DJ York, even though he shit it oh, he messed, he, he messed on me. But uh, York had this city on lock, mm. and with my cousin uh, Raymond Johnson and all them. And I would sit there. I would come into town. And I would sit there, and I'd be like, yo, okay, this is all right, okay, all right. And the, the main reason why I became a DJ mm -hmm. is because I got in too many fights and got kicked out of every club in El Paso. I was just going to ask you what made you become a DJ. That's why. That's I, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I was That's why you could stay in the clubs was to become a DJ. Yeah. And, and when you did, you, you rocked. The, the crowd. No. No. What did you do? You just. I was terrible. <laughs> I was. I was a terrible DJ. I was. I was so terrible when I first. All right. So oh, the very. Man. I was living in Dallas, and I, 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 I would come here. I've come it, like going from Dallas to El Paso. Anybody who commuted that was, you learned how to drive and make it in seven hours. It was mm -hmm. easy, but. The very first. You know, I'm going to give this man his props since he took credit for me, all right? But I'm going to give him his props. The first person to hire me in El Paso, Texas, was Sam Bailey. Big Sam. Yeah. That was the first person, and it was Turning Point. Y'all remember Turning Point? You remember? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> All right, so Turning Point, my wife was a, I didn't even... Wasn't even with her. Mm. She was a bar, she was like a head bartender there. I used to see this light skinned black lady, girl, whatever. And I went to high school with her. 
Mm-hmm. And she used to hate me, and I used to look at her. I was like, man, I'm going to make her mine one day. I did. I you said did. that. I said that, but she hated me. And I used to look at her. And I was like, <laughs> I used to hate light-skinned black girls. Why are we like, okay. why are they so mean? Right? All right. So <laughs> I DJ with this one dude. He was light-skinned. And I'm not making it a colorism thing. I'm just telling you. Right. He was an okay DJ, and I was terrible. I was mm-hmm. terrible. But I knew what records to play. And, but I didn't know what records to play in Turning Point because these were people that were not old, but they wanted to act old. Oh. Like, they acted super-duper old for no reason. Hmm. But they were, like, two, three years older than me, and I didn't understand that. So I'm like, you know, at the time, I remember when I got hired, the biggest record was the song for Red Man and Method Man, the How I Record. Right. That was the biggest record in the country. Mm-hmm. But not at Turning Point. Not at Turning Point. They wanted to hear the electric slide. They still do today. Yeah, and that's <laughs> so Mark was DJing at Babylon at the time. Mm-hmm. He said, "You get away from that club, man." And I was like, "What? Well, this is the only club that hired me in El Paso." He was like, "We're starting a club in downtown called uh, the Round," mm-hmm. and, uh, and he was like, "You're not gonna work there anymore." Mark said, "You DJ." On Daya, I'm sorry, Mark. I'm not putting him on blast, but he said if you if you start your career, you're gonna end your career on Daya. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm black. I'm black, but I'm not black black. So mm-hmm. let me go ahead and go downtown and become mainstream. Right. The realm was mainstream when I played. It was a tri-level club, so the VIP was upstairs and then the main floor. Downstairs uh, was a basement. Mm-hmm. They put me downstairs in the basement and told me to play reggae and dance hall. Well, that's my culture. Right. Easy. Mm-hmm. Easy to play. Right, right. So how do you, um, when you're out here at the clubs now, um, especially here in El Paso, um, is it easy to transition between music for the, the crowds you play for? Well, that's where radio plays a, a, a hand in everything because... When I got on radio, I didn't understand the concept. I didn't understand you went from playing in the club, doing what you like to do, what you like to do, what you like to play at the time in the era. And then the era, I came in the radio when the era started changing. So when the era started changing to a younger audience and I'm like 28 and people are like, oh man, look at grandpa. And I'm like, I'm 28, what do you mean? And in my mind, I'm like, I've never believed, uh, I'll tell you that later, but um, I never believed in certain things that other people believed in. Like, I'm not, I wasn't that person that if a 15-year-old liked this crazy music like Soldier Boy when it first came out, I was cool with it because it looked funny. Mm-hmm. So, but, so I wasn't that guy, that's what I'm saying. Right, right. So with radio, I was intertwined with DJs that were house DJs that liked house music. I started learning that culture with, with, with Chicago House, House in Miami, New York, uh, Philly, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Like, I started learning the differences between that. I started learning different types of hip-hop, like, between West Coast. Like, even the West Coast has subgenres. So, if you're in L.A., L.A. is one way, but the Bay is different. Right. You go to Georgia, 
doesn't mean Augusta, like you can listen to Pastor Troy in, in Augusta. You didn't even realize that he wasn't from Atlanta. He was from Augusta. Right. And then you hear Atlanta, and mm -hmm. then you hear, like, Outkast. But yet, Andre 3000 was from Savannah. Mm -hmm. And so you start listening to that, you know, you being from Georgia. Right. There was, like, three or four different cultures in Georgia alone. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Even and So nothing sounded the same. Everything sounded different. You go to Florida, Mark X playing the fame was in the club playing booty Miami South South Beach uh, Miami booty music mm -hmm. that I hated until I went there and when I went there I was like I get it <laughs> I get it but at the time right. I'm a hip hop head thinking <clears throat> so when radio started doing that you start revisiting the clubs in a different aspect mm -hmm. you start thinking like uh can I play in a mainstream club? Can I play in a strictly ghetto club? Can I play here? Can I play there? Mm -hmm. And have different different records. See, and I came from records. I didn't come from Serato. Right, right. Or Minister Virtual Band. DJ or anything like that. I didn't come from that. I came from you had to build your records and go to the club and walk in there with nine crates, ten crates. Mm -hmm. And if you don't got the record, you just didn't have it. Right. That's why like DJs that. got that money. The reason why I got money was getting money at a club was because you got to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Kind of puts me in the mind of, uh, what they have that, that show that was on, um, what was it, on Netflix, I believe. Which it one? It was um, The Breakdown. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Breakdown. Is that a lot of similar what you had to go through? Yeah. Starting with? Mm-hmm. Um, Well, for one, in my era, uh, there wasn't a lot of DJs. So I can tell you about four or five DJs that, and I, I never competed because Mark, Mark never competed with anybody. So I, I kind of followed the logic of his. Every, like, my whole career is based on Mark. And mm -hmm. so I didn't follow, like, I never walked. I walked with my chest out because that's me. Mm -hmm. That's me. All right. But as far as when it came to career-based DJing, like that, and I wanted to be heard, but I didn't want to be seen. And I felt like I made better, like I was from the era of mixtapes. I wanted my mixtapes to speak on behalf of me. So uh, uh, there's not one person out here that can sit up here and tell, tell you, oh, Apu was cocky. No, I was cocky because that's me. All right. Do you still have any original mixtapes? Of course, except for one that I want that I that I think is the ultimate best mixtape I ever made in my life, and I did it for Call of Duty. I did it for the actual company. And, oh wow! Uh, I was so proud of this mixtape, and I do not have it. I have no idea what's that. But oh. and I'm I tried to call Activision, and they don't know. Man, that's what happens sometimes with technology. technology. That wasn't even technology when any I did technology. it. Any, anything that you have to do from, you know, I think back then. I don't have pictures. Look, you see me on Facebook. <laughs> when I post a picture, it looks like a Polaroid. Like, I really don't even do that. Mm -hmm. I'm so, you know, I, I look at now these I've new seen, guys. I've seen your TikToks, man. Oh, no, that's just, that's the boredom yeah. in me. But let me tell you, they are hilarious. 
That's just boredom, man. But it's hilarious, though. That's me trying to transition to real estate from music, and I always feel the silliness, like the radio thing. With the thing that's interesting about radio was you weren't allowed to be you. Mm-hmm. And I programmed. Yeah, but I felt like the one thing if I had to leave here tomorrow, if I if if I checked out tomorrow as far as with life and everything and I can if somebody was to ask me what would be the legacy, which I don't believe in, um, would be I follow Jay Z's theory which came from uh, that one man that sang that re- that record, I did it my way. That mm-hmm. one, and Jay Z said this, right? I know where the, where he got it from, but what I'm saying is, is that I came to a city that's 90% Hispanic and didn't care. And when I did it, do you understand that people sat up here? And said that I needed his Hispanic name to make it out here, and I needed to do their culture versus mine. I've heard that too. And I didn't. I didn't care. And I said, Nah, man. Everybody called me Pooh. Mm-hmm. That's my name since high school. That was me. Right. I'm not gonna change my name because my friends might hear me on the radio, mm-hmm. and I want them to know it's me that's talking. Right. And they sit up there and they'll be like, well, you're not just, you're just not going to make it. Your voice is raspy. You smoke cigarettes. I said, how do y'all smoke? Uh-huh. I don't smoke cigarettes. I haven't smoked cigarettes in almost 10 years, but I'm saying like, what are y'all talking about? Is it a black thing? And they're like, no, it's just that it's El Paso. I'm like, I, I know El Paso. El Paso right. is smarter than what y'all are perceiving it as. Mm-hmm. Success doesn't come from the popular. It's never going to be popular. It's never going to be who was the most popular. I've I've seen DJs come and go, and I'm 48. Mm -hmm. I'm 48, and I'm not, and I don't, I'm not old. I'm like, but I've seen all of them come and go. I've seen DJs that were hot one year, and they, they, they helping build freeways now. And that's very true. And so to me, I'm like, cocky. Yeah, that I'm cocky because I, I didn't have to, I didn't, I spent 25 years getting to do what I want, whether it was in clubs and stuff. You seen me in the club as a 48 year old. Mm-hmm. Did it, you find it challenging? To who? To like when you first moved here? To no. Not at what all. What do you mean? Um, challenging as far as like I hear. A lot of times people say, oh, I can't get a job or I can't, you know, get into this place. That's your fault. That, look, my blackness doesn't mm-hmm. define my talent. Mm-hmm. My talent is what I, it, it's going to be whatever I allow you to see. Mm-hmm. And so if you feel, if you feel. Right. You heard. You know how many no's I hear on a daily, even when I was on radio? Over 30, 40 no's a day. When I did my first concert, when I when I put my, together the first concert, I heard 
over a thousand no's from my people, as well as white people, mm -hmm. as well as Hispanics. But I still did it. Yes, you did. So, in my opinion, no. What is it? What's the saying? The say, there's a saying that says, uh, difficult takes a day, impossible takes a week. I live by that. I've always had. And you don't have, and, but, but when it comes to DJing, let me explain this part. And when it comes to DJing, music or whatever, if you do end up caring what somebody thinks and you care when somebody says no to you, then don't do it. Don't do this job because it's not meant for you. It's not meant for you to go home and cry about. Right. I've never cried about DJing in my life. Mm -hmm. I've cried about other things. I've cared. I cried about young black men getting killed by police before I care about DJing. DJing is not that serious. I know what I can do. Right. You know what I'm saying? You obviously know what you can do. I've, I've seen you go off on people for no reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll sit there and be like, golly, is that what I sound like? Because <laughs> you over here just... It's that moment. You it's scream moment. at some people. No, but you scream at some mm -hmm. people because you're like, you don't understand. It's not It's not a profession to cry about because you mm -hmm. did that. Mm -hmm. Did everybody know how I met you? Mm. Everybody know how I met you? No, they don't. They don't. You playing it like everybody. I used to think you were an old woman. You thought I was <laughs> old, y'all. Explain to me. Does, do, <laughs> no, explain. Explain your name. Okay, so my name is DJ Lady Dubois. How I got that name is W E B Du Bois. Mm -hmm. Okay, we share the same birthday, and um, he's very into literature mm -hmm. as I am, and I thought it would be neat to to bring something to the stage that um, wasn't like everybody else. Right. You didn't know who you were getting. It was like, you know, that jack in the box. You start winding it up, and you, you know, you never know what's going to pop out. So anytime I would start DJing, you never knew what personality was going to pop out, what colors I was going to wear that day, if I was going to dress down, if I was going to dress up. It was just always an element of surprise. I so heard I heard DJ Lady Dubois, like, <laughs> who that old lady? She who, who that old lady? And I was like, I don't need to be here. And it was on, on a New oh, Year's. It was dang. on a New Year's party. And they were like, oh, well, she's going to host for you. And I was like, I don't yeah. not want to hear this old lady talking. <laughs> and they were like, they kept looking at me because they never said nothing. He <laughs> just was like. <laughs> like, what is he talking about? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, dude, they ain't even no old people up here. And right. so I'm like, and then here you come. And you were like, I'm Lady DeWar. I don't wait. Yep, you gave me that look this, like, there's, there's no way. <laughs> this girl young as hell. What? Yeah. And then so <laughs> oh, the perception, mm. perception was your name didn't match your character. Exactly. Poohef does not match my character exactly. as me personal. Right. Me personal, I, I talk a lot of, I talk trash as Poohef. Mm -hmm. You don't want to know Manny. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You don't want to know him, cause right. I talk worse, cause I cuss a lot. Who have from this? I'm the radio personality that, you know that, you know, you know, black people don't like me here. 
And you already know why? Why don't they like you? You're like, like, oh. No, no it's because I'm not proper. Like, I don't walk. I don't walk like the proper black man at a 48. I'm supposed to walk. I don't know. I walk straight, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't I think I know what you mean. Like, no, no racial group here in El Paso per se likes me, but the outcast people, oh, they love me. They're like, that's boo, man. That dude speaks for us. And that's mm -hmm. when I ended up speaking for them and I was proud of it. I didn't need anybody else to justify anything, so it's you like you never need anybody to justify anything. You don't think so? No, I don't. I don't think so. No. You don't think you don't think that uh, being part of a like being part not no 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 not being part of a group, but being part not no not even being part of anything, but being accepted accepted by a group of people accepted by a group of people not being part like I can understand being part of organizations and stuff like that but being part like being accepted just by a group of people just so you think you can do your job well that's the thing about acceptance you know but what's your definition of acceptance um what you're willing to tolerate you know like if 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 I'm willing to accept like bad behavior right, right. but you're not willing to accept bad behavior right and you're looking at me like, why aren't you doing anything? And I'm looking like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm saying it's acceptance. No. So, like, being accepted by this group of people or not being accepted, that's the same thing as somebody saying, oh, I got all these haters. Okay, well, let them elevate you, too. But have you ever thought that, have you ever thought, uh, you know, you saw I switched and started interviewing you? I know, that was great. But <laughs> have you ever thought, no, it's because I want you to answer the question for me. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought when they, the people that scream, all oh, these haters, all oh, these haters, all oh, these mm -hmm. haters, Do, it, it, have you ever in your head sit there and think, you really got those haters that be bothering you like that? Because I, I, I know I got haters, but I don't care. Yeah, we don't care if I. I've never heard you, I never heard you talk about the people that don't like you. You, talk, you, I seen you talk about people that disappointed you. Yes, yes. It's a big difference between Very. hating and disappointment, mm -hmm. right? So you, I, I don't think any different like that. Like mm -hmm. I, I think people are gonna hate you, but if you dwell on people that hate you, you're not gonna go anywhere. You're gonna be stuck. <laughs> you're gonna be real stuck. But that's one thing that I noticed about you, that you never let, you let it all roll off. You know, they say once you get to a certain age, just let it roll off your shoulder. But it's you know? been rolled off my soldier, 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 <laughs> shoulder when that started. Because if anybody that you would have asked, even all the way back in high school, first of all, I was a 6'1 kid in high school walking around, and it wasn't normal in El Paso. Mm -hmm. It wasn't normal for a kid to be 6'1". You had to be either five five, and I look at all these short guys, and I laughed at them, and they didn't understand why I was laughing at, because they would call me giraffe and all that, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm as high as giraffe coochie." Oh my goodness! You see the joke though? You ain't never gonna reach it. <laughs> you're, you're never gonna see that, but I will. 
Yeah. So you get what I'm saying? I, I'm not trying to be vulgar. I'm using it as a, as a statement. Like yeah. I'm saying, like there's certain things you'll never reach, and I'll be right there. That was my fight growing up. I understand that. I mean, it's yeah. my fight. That my it fight is. was I looked different than everybody. Mm -hmm. I was different than everybody. I had to change an accent because my mother had talked a certain way, and at one time, and she changed it. And I thought, you know, you right. usually talk like your uh, mom, and you have you had to change all this stuff to to make people understand you and like you, and I just didn't. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, it's just like when I was staying with my mom up in Jersey for a while, yeah, and then I moved down to Georgia. You know, even though I was born there, but yeah, I had but stayed you, up in Jersey you had for a, a culture, while. Yeah. So when I moved back down to Georgia, the first thing they said, "You don't talk like you're from here." You can't dance either. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, what do you mean? Like, I, I didn't get it. And even still to this day, like, I'm here in El Paso. I go home. Yeah, and now you sound proper or something crazy. Right. And you're like. What happened? <laughs> what do you I mean? Sound, I think I sound the same. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Right. You know, I mm -hmm. get it. The only people that have an argument in accents are people from New Orleans. Mm -hmm. If you sounded like them, or and you went away and came back and sounded <laughs> different, they have an argument with you. Oh, Everywhere yeah. else, if you were in the East, if you were in New Jersey this whole time and you you were doing what new people in New Jersey did, mm -hmm. so a great DJ could adapt to a situation. That's right. technically what we're mm -hmm. rounding back to. So, with you know. When I was in high school here, you know, house music was, was at the time like the hot. And Mark, 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 Mark's from Chicago. Mm -hmm. I learned house music from him. Right. And uh, but I used to always thought he was just this hip hop dude. But I didn't realize how dope Chicago was until I went there. Mm -hmm. And when I went to Chicago, I was like, they're really flavorful. Yeah, and you see all these black people mm -hmm. singing house music. I'm like, well, in here in El Paso, you thought, oh, well, black people liked hip-hop. Hispanics liked house music. Mm -hmm. And white people liked whatever the hell white people like. So I was like, that's what I was trained to believe right. until I went to Chicago. And when I went to Chicago, I was like, like there ain't no black people listening to house music. And then you look at DJs like Ferris and, and, and Julian Jumpin' Perez and mm -hmm. those DJs, and you're like, oh, my God. Right, right. I like, um, you know, I like freestyle music. I hate it. I love it. I hate it. You want to know why? <laughs> it's not even the music that makes me mad. Mm -hmm. It's not the music. What is it that makes me mad? The way they dressed, I didn't ever dress like that. that Yo, no, music. you saw. Look, this is how <laughs> bad I'm. So this is how 80s I am. Mm -hmm. They would wear like Z Cavaricis. There was this brand of clothes called Z Cavaricis, and mm -hmm. it was goofy as hell. It was like if anybody watched the MC Hammer video and saw those parachute pants, imagine jeans that looked I like had, that. And then they had like these shoes called Creepers. Like I'm wearing. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing show show toe Adidas. Mm -hmm. Imagine my Adidas having this tip metal. I, 
And I look goofy. I used to look at these dudes. And we, I used to think they used to kick roaches in the corner with those shoes. Uh, that's the, that, that was the beginning of the still toe shoes. Shout outs to my guy, <laughs> DJ uh, Juan the Wanderers Ross. And he, me and him bump heads mm -hmm. about that culture. Because mm -hmm. he's that guy. That's the one at the DJ battle. He was one of the judges. Right. And I say he was the prettiest dude in the club. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a vampire, right? So he doesn't age because he's like 80. And he's, he just looks pretty. And, but he's from that culture. And he'll defend it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there like. But I had some, I had some hammer pants, though. They were And then their hair. The flip bang and the. They did their hair better than the women. <laughs> they did. They did. And I would sit there and look at these dudes. I'm like, look at them. They got, they got their hair done. They went to the, the salon. They did that, and they brought the skinny jeans back. They brought it all back. Look, I Everything. used to like Lisa Lisa. I saw a I video. Like man, I saw a video of Lisa Lisa yes, the other day, and I posted on Facebook. I said, who is this lady? Oh, no. Nope. She gained some weight, but that's what people do when they grow. What? It wasn't the weight. I looked at her face, and I said, see, all that stuff y'all, y'all, Caked on and did all back in the 80s. Look at how made you look like a different person in 2021. Y'all need to stop it. They were catfishing back then. Yeah. No. I was going to marry Lisa Lisa. Lisa Lisa, I wrote a letter to her. Like, I was serious about her. Like, that was going to be my wife, man. But I'm kind of happy that I dodged that bullet. Well, it's not like she was going to want to marry me anyway. But I'm just saying. Look. I'm just saying, freestyle we can Everybody do without, and it's already coming back. And the only freestyle, the only record I liked, mm -hmm. my favorite 80s, like 80s wasn't hot. I don't know how old you were. Were you even born in the 80s? When were you born? You know what, see, now you're asking too many questions. Oh, Wait, I'm, I'm saying, look, the only thing I can tell you about the 80s that mm -hmm. was super duper hot mm -hmm. was the movie Lost Boys. That's it. That That's it. There's nothing else besides the birth of hip, like the birth of hip hop and, and the uh, effect of lyricism. Mm -hmm. I was watching, I was watching, what is that? Uh, the heart, the, the, the rock and roll uh, Hall of Fame honorees. And this year was LL Cool J, Jay Z, and NWA, just to name a few. There was a, a whole bunch of them. And those three artists, uh, well, Jay-Z came out technically in 89 with Jazzo, with, uh, with the Hawaiian Sophie record, with uh, the Originators record that came out, I think, in 1990. And the Originators was one of the first records I ever heard people rapping fast, like wow. the way that it's normal now. Right. Jay-Z and Jazzo did that. All right, so I'm like, okay. How do you have rappers that are creators in their genre? Mm -hmm. And Jay-Z, when he accepted his award, even though, oh, and LL Cool J, I'm so sorry. LL Cool J, which is one of my favorite artists of all time, mm -hmm. created a genre, right? And this is in the 80s. Right. I remember, remember. I, well, again, I don't know how old you are technically, but <laughs> I was a kid when, I would see rappers dressed like clowns and like the village people. 
like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious yes. Five. Mm -hmm. They dressed like the village people. They were dressing wild, and I wasn't going to go to school looking like that. I, I went to school looking like Prince and got beat up. I mean, I went to school with my clothes on backwards, but see, that was a different genre. Well, the era, no, but that era was very close to the 80s because they came out like in 92, 93, and they yeah. changed that, that young, like with me, my, for me, who mm -hmm. was special ed and all that, that was 89, 88, 89, like that was my years. Right. Like everybody had their years. Mm -hmm. If you're saying you were wearing your clothes backwards, cool, but mm -hmm. if I would have did it, they would have been like, what are y'all, what's your <laughs> old butt doing? So, like, when LL, what made LL so special mm -hmm. was he did a love song with no rappers that were hardcore, because he was considered a hardcore rapper. Right. And when he did I Need Love, I remember this record. I hated it. I was like... Who's he talking to? What do you mean if when I would load in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall <laughs> and in the back of my mind I hear my conscience call and you're like, what's wrong with you? You go to the hospital. Because oh, something's wrong with you. Yeah. But well, he was feel, he was he was feeling that. Man, you know. and then when I saw the video, mm -hmm. I was like, it still didn't make sense because the video didn't make no sense. But, but I saw the yeah, it now. doesn't. But this is this is why I don't talk bad about the kids now because I can show you some videos in the 80s and 90s, and I'd be like, what was this about? Mm -hmm. what, what, what? Tell me. what. Oh, man, you know, you got this Mob Deep record, and you telling me Mob Deep was hard? And I'm like, yeah, man, but did you hear the first Mob Deep when they didn't rap? They didn't sound good. And, mm -hmm. but, oh, no, I can't. I'm not allowed. You're not allowed to say that about 90s culture when 90s culture wasn't really that great. 80, 88, 89 mm -hmm. is pinnacle. It's the ultimate era of hip hop. Like the turn of the turn of everything. Man, That's do you? That's when it blew up and. No, it was, yeah, well, yeah, but it was, in my opinion, would define me mm -hmm. as poo. Uh, I understand stuff, and everybody had their errors. Like, there's people like my brother will tell you about Prince and Michael Jackson before y'all knew those records. Like, really? like with Prince, like with Prince, Prince, everybody will use him synonymously with Purple Rain. Right. But he had, like, I think, like, six or seven other records before that? Yes. That's what my brother used to listen to. Okay. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson... Y'all will, everybody will say Thriller was the record. Yes. That was the one that put him over the top. Mm -hmm. But he had eight records before that. Right. Go listen to Ben. That album. Not just the song, but the album Ben. Right. That everybody thought was based on the movie. That was his album. Do y'all know that? Like, do you know that mm -hmm. Off the Wall wasn't even... That wasn't even as hot. Like, to me, would have been hotter than the Thriller record. The Thriller was a pop album, but Off the Wall was... I think was, I have that record down there, actually. Did he? I think I What, Off the Wall? Let me tell you something. The, I think the Thriller was down there. Oh, no, Michael, Michael Jackson, see, this is where I think people got Michael Jackson messed up. Uh -huh. He was probably the biggest black activist out there that before, like, 
anybody in music, real, I mean, besides what was going on in the 60s. Right. That man, if you listen to every, any of Michael Jackson, his records was all pro-black. Mm-hmm. They were. They were. It's just that the world liked them and black people did it. That's sad, right? Mm-hmm. But that man, like, if you really listen, I have the acapella record to Black and White. Mm -hmm. Listen to, I'll, I'll, I'll play it for you. I'll play you the acapella version of Black and White, and you're going to be like, he sang this when? And this is, a, again, this is during the apartheid era, right. what was going on in South Africa mm -hmm. when uh, uh, Mandela was locked up. Right. See, people are probably, when they see this, they're going to be like, <laughs> This dude really be doing. He's really be, he keeps swaying back to black people, and I'm like, and you know, that's where I'm at right now. But mm -hmm. that's where you at. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. It is all right, but man. I'm sorry for switching it back to you, cause I I'm good at what I do. Oh, I see that. I see that perfectly. Perfectly <laughs> loud and clear. Now, if my wife was here, she'd have told me to shut up already. Oh no, no, no. It's good to hear you talk because. You're very insightful, you know. People need to know what you know, you know. You talk about the records. You talk about the people that you know. You talk about how uh, people have, you know, basically helped you get to where you are, you know, um, paving the way, I should say. Yeah. Um, and from me knowing you for as long as I have, you know, you've taught me a lot as well. And I thank you for that. I appreciate that. I, I don't think I taught it. you anything, though, that you didn't already know. Well. I think maybe enhancement I, I believe i don't i don't believe in teaching i believe enhancement because there's a lot of stuff you told me about records you told me about family members that were and i'm like yo are you supposed to listen to some of these family members of yours mm -hmm. and then i think it's more enhancements to show that oh well what you know isn't in jeopardy or and like i i do i mention mark a lot and uh mm -hmm. the reason why i do mention mark a lot because that's my only brother that's not blood. Right. And if we were blood brothers, I probably would beat him up a lot. Oh my goodness. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. <laughs> I probably, but no, I, because <laughs> I can't beat him up now because he, he, he old. But uh, he, what people don't understand is when you're on the phone for hours just talking about certain records and understanding the records and how they were made and you look at the technique mm -hmm. of records mm -hmm. and that when I first talked to you, you understood technique, not necessarily the records. It was more of the things that made the record the record, right? right. And you don't have conversations with a lot of people like that because they, a lot of people rap to be famous. A lot of people sing to be famous. A lot of people do this and that to be famous. Right. People do videos, TikTok videos, or doing stuff like that to be famous. Mm -hmm. And there's culture and there's stuff like that. However, the word that I mentioned earlier that I said I wasn't going to tell you till about now mm -hmm. is the word tradition. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in tradition mm -hmm. because tradition is what holds you back from elevating. Right, you have to be the, the change and everything. That's what you I understand all these records that you have, and it's the bad record you have right there, and I'm looking right at it. Mm -hmm. But uh, tradition is this. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's good to have, but right. it's not good to hold on to. Right. It's not good to hold on to, and people will disagree. I don't believe in holidays. I don't believe in nothing. I don't believe in a lot of stuff because you were taught it. Right. But when you go back and start looking at it, you're like, ooh. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get into it, but I'm just like, you're just, you know, you make that scrunch your face like, oh, I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> and so tradition, you know, the only thing I'll make political about it is put it this way. Would you let somebody tell you that the battle war flag of the Confederacy is tradition and it should hang up? Or should it go down? And if you believe it should go down, what else do you talk about? And that opens the conversation. All I'm saying, it opens the conversation for you. That's how I believe the world would change if you would just let it go. Well, Pooh, I'm sorry to end end this show at this moment, but I do want to thank you for being a part of Breaking the Music here today in El Paso. We didn't break no music, though. Oh, no. Next time you're on the show, you're going to have a... You know, you I'm not gonna out. have anything. I don't even. Oh yeah, you gonna? Ha- I'm gonna have my stuff for you. I'm gonna <laughs> show. I'm gonna show a bunch of TikTok videos. Oh goodness. <laughs> but thank you guys for tuning in. Shout outs to DJ Fuse. He's a problem. <laughs> he's a problem. But uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> thank you guys. No, thank you for having me. I know you're not gonna have me back. You're gonna be like, I hate Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this guy. He act just like we does when we're not even on the air. If that's how I wanted it to be, because I didn't want you to be. Who have show? Oh, that's all you have to look up and uh, subscribe, and you'll see why <laughs> we're not cool. We're not cool. All right. No, we're cool. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. But okay, because I'm like, we're not cool. Okay. I'm... No, we're cool. All right. <laughs> Next time, right. do 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 a show about. Um, Traveling. Traveling? Oh, yes. yes. And listening to music, traveling, and how you can hear the worst records ever, mm. and then you got to see the people that you listen to. <laughs> what? I didn't say anything. There's a lot of terrible <laughs> artists out here. I'm just saying. I didn't say anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, Pooh. I know you ain't going to have me back with you. Yeah, it, it, it was a joy breath. having you, Pooh. It was a joy having you. Ah, we got it. I can't wait.